Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James Boyman here, joined as always by Ryan Williams. We are coming to you immediately following Everton's 2-1 victory over Leeds at Ellen Road. Not Goodison Park, Ryan. Uh, no, It's a fine line. It's a fine line. <laughs> I was concerned about Goodison Park. Why do people not understand well, that? With that weather, there could be players out there getting hurt. I mean, come on. Indeed. <laughs> no, you're totally right. But anyway, yeah. so prior yeah. to the match, Everton had only won one of their last 37 <clears throat> top flight games against Leeds. Draw nine, lost 27. Away games. Away games. Away games. Away games yes, excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. Last win was in November 2002, thanks to one Wayne Rooney, if you ever heard of him. But they did, of course, win 2-1 today. It was Everton's fourth consecutive away league win. Uh, first time they've done that since November slash December 1985. Shocking. And with this win, Carlo Ancelotti now has 11 away league wins since being appointed at the helm of Everton. Funnily enough, Ryan, more than Marco Silva and Ronald Koeman combined and did so in 30 fewer games. I think that uh, speaks for itself, Ryan, but over to you for your instant match reaction. Yeah, I did it a lot more on the cheap, too. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Wanderer Dave at Halifax Dave steal my thunder. His quote, I think, sums it up very well. Yeri and Godfrey, everyone had that edge with him. And Holgate back in the squad, Richie back to running at defenders. It's just, we had the edge. You know, you could tell we had some attitude. We came in there with, dare I say, moxie. Mm, yeah. A little main reference for you. Hey, there you go. So, but no, I, I like the attitude today. You could tell like when Carlo was upset at the lack of spirit, they responded. And I think that was a good sign. Absolutely. I mean, the reaction is key, right? Because we've been kind of up and down throughout the season, but you know, you, you, you take the Newcastle loss on the chin. The important thing <laughs> is to come back from it and, with some interesting personnel choices, I thought, again, to a man, they, they played extremely well. No one, uh, a good team effort, particularly in the first half. We saw some players who have underperformed recently perform extremely well. And that's not an easy system to play against. Bielsa is obviously very rigid. Their press was suffocating at times, but I thought we did an excellent job navigating it and deserved the win, created better chances in the end and, and fully deserved. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, we got a couple score predictions, correct? I mean, you would expect on a 2-1, but Stockhausen got it. OGS Chill, Wisconsin Toffee, Cheesehead in the House, and EFC Jonesy, our great English brethren. Um, congratulations all four of you guys. You guys nailed it. Uh, definitely better than my prediction. I had a bad feeling when that lineup got announced. In particular, we were going to get waxed. And the lineup was was interesting. I mean, I had to admit, initially when I saw it, I was like, we're not going to three in the back or anything, are we? Mm. I, I thought along the same lines, but then I also thought, okay, well, you know, Mason Holgate play right back. It, it yeah, ended I, up being a, a back four, but I could see where you might think that, you know, we might push Luca Dean up on the wing and, and try for a back three. I mean, I went back to it. I immediately, I said, God, that was my, I don't know why I thought that, you know, because right afterwards I said, I'm sure it'll be a four, two, three, one, but yeah, initially I just thought, I just thought maybe we might do something a little different, you know, after the response at Newcastle, but, um, and then obviously in the starting lineup, um, when you see Godfrey came back in the side playing left center back. And that was interesting because we haven't seen him much playing a legit center back in a back four. I don't know if we've seen him certainly not 90 minutes. I don't, think I, there may have been one I, I i went looking and yeah. i couldn't remember if i found it but we hadn't seen much of that 
Um, we've seen him on the right in a back three. I remember against Fulham. Um, and and I think very interesting, Sigurdsson, who I thought was a, some of it wasn't his fault, but was responsible for some of the failings against Newcastle, right back into the side and Andre in there too. And I'm sitting there thinking those two guys playing in the middle, that could be a real problem. And again, part of the issue is a lack of pace, but Andre in particular, when he's sitting back with Decore, his lack of positional awareness is, is a big weakness. Um, and, you know, Hamez sitting down, you're thinking, dear Lord, how are we going to create things? But sometimes against leads, it's not about wild creativity. It's about taking what they give you. Yeah. It's about, they're going to, they're going to pressure. It's about breaking that pressure. I mean, I, I like to see Ben Godfrey. I think he's given Carlo a lot to think about. I mean, you, you you give Michael Keane a rest, which I think is key. And frankly, Godfrey has been playing incredibly well lately. So it'd be a bit harsh on him to bench him. So you put him at his natural position and hope to see a better performance. I think we're going to be talking quite a bit about his performance today. But Hamas on the bench was a big concern. Um, you know, you think maybe with the pressure, he, he can be kind of the, the pressure valve to release some of that, but also maybe just the pace of the game, not, not the the best match to utilize him. So again, good to rest those guys, get them. And we had Josh King on the bench as well, obviously recently signed on transfer deadline day, which uh, we ended up seeing his debut. So that was uh, interesting to see at least. I think the funny part is you're concerned, boy, the pace of the game might be really fast. Hamez shouldn't play great. And you have Sigurdsson play the 10. Sure. So, right. no, that's a good <laughs> no, but it's, it's fair. I mean, he works very hard on offense. Um, and it's going to be hard for him. He could have hold, held the ball up. I, I thought maybe we might sub him in, but I have to admit the way the game played out, there was no real need for it. I think it was right. okay. Um, and I think the tactical setup was was pretty interesting for us. And some of the behaviors, looking back on my fears in the lineup, a lot of them were kind of smoothed over with how we played. So, for example, I think the big critique on Andres is his lack of defensive positioning. We played a lot of man today, like really tracking a guy much farther, not passing them on, you know, into different zones and stuff. And that more simplistic style does require tremendous effort and um, discipline, I suppose, but not necessarily judgment. So um, it requires communication. And Andre, it almost did better that way. Um, And obviously he was fantastic today with the ball. We'll get in that in a second. But tactically, you saw us pretty balanced, I thought. That was a nice thing. I mean, one of the big problems I thought with Newcastle is our insistence on going left. Um, We still attacked on the left side 38% of the time and right only 30, middle 32. But that for us is pretty balanced. Yeah, sure. I mean, typically we've been very left heavy. And so both teams ended up almost identical as far as balance. Both teams are very balanced across all three, you know, left, right, center. Um, and the tactics were interesting. I mean, I thought we, it was a wild game to watch just because of the the pace of it and the amount of just turnovers back and forth. Uh, but that's how leads like to play. And that's what you kind of have to expect. Um, and you saw, of course, Mason Holgate on the right uh, with Alex Wobie. So maybe that partnership, I think, has had its ups and downs. But in the middle of the park, Andre and Gilfie did an all right job of holding things down and Decore complimented both of them extremely well as he has been a rock for us for the entire season so far. I mean, I don't think the interplay between Alex and Mason Holgate was no. perfect, but I will say the spacing in terms of the vertical spacing on the pitch was much cleaner. You know, Mason knows to stay on the outside. Alex is much better kind of cutting inside in the half space. And although Alex you know, lost the ball sometimes with some bad touches today, for the most part, though, he was a release valve. He could run with the ball a bit. He, he actually showed a lot of strength today. And as did Richarlison, 
um, holding guys off with their back yeah. to the goal, for, you know, out in the midfield. That was a really important key to the game. You know, Richarlison being able to hold like Luke Ailing off like that and put his back to him and hold the ball a little bit. And Alex on that side, uh, not so much Alioski, even though they listed him kind of as, as the left back. Um, it looked like on his side, um, it would have been uh, who was up there. Well, I guess it was him a little bit, but sometimes it was Cooper coming out or even Calvin Phillips being able to hold a guy off like that to give your team time and space, especially against press is a big deal. You know, you need some release valves. You can't let leads continue to run like crazy. And those guys drew some fouls too, to slow down the game. It would have been nice if Michael Oliver would have called more fouls rather than continually playing the advantage when we had no crazy. advantage. That was yeah. very frustrating, but you saw it. I mean, I, I think that was really nice. And when we attacked wide, it was normally with two with some support, but it wasn't a massive overload. And we had opportunities. We got on the outside of these guys on several different occasions. Um, and, you know, Leeds was in there kind of 4-1-4, and Phillips was commanding at defensive mid. But if you notice very early in the match, granted, Gilfie got beat a couple times, but Gilfie in particular was on Phillips. Like, we yeah. made it harder for them, a little bit in terms of what we did with Ndidi, but, you know, Phillips is not as critical, in or Phillips is more critical, I would say, to their distribution sure. than Ndidi is. You know, Ndidi's a little more simplistic passer. We did a decent job taking that away from them at times, and now it forces them to play vertically up the field under pressure, too. We did some counter-pressing, too. We did, yeah. And we won some balls back as a result and turned it into some offense. Yeah, most definitely. And look, the XG... Supports what I said earlier. We created the better chances, 1.98, according to the XG philosophy on Twitter, versus 1.48 for Leeds. Now, the timeline of the match is a little disjointed as far as I think there were, there were several momentum swings back and forth. I thought Leeds, out of the gate, probably put a little more pressure on us than we were comfortable with, but we absorbed it well. And again, we we did that. We counterattacked, and we ended up getting on the score sheet first, obviously. Um, and it was good to see the players react in a completely different context from the Newcastle match, a completely different style of play to come out and not look and look comfortable, not look taken aback, look prepared. And obviously that comes down to the manager, but credit to the players as well. Um, and it doesn't hurt when you're scoring inside 10 minutes either. We had purpose. I totally agree with that. Now, Granted, I think I tweeted something in the first minute when they broke right through our press um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Gilfie is too darn slow. But, you know, it does take time to get used to a shape and Carlo likes to be very variable. So, um, you know, you've got to expect a little bit of a transition there up front and leads are a well coached side. They know what they're doing. But, yeah, ultimately you saw it. We were willing to take guys off the dribble. That was nice to see. Andre Gomes was wonderful about it today. Mm. But, yeah, look at that first goal. I mean, really, you want to talk about transition. Andre with a lovely over the top. I mean, that is the, the, he does a couple things really well. I mean, he has his weaknesses. He, in my opinion, is kind of a limited, almost a flawed player, but on his day, he does do a couple things very well. That is one of them. His passing range is great. He got the ball over to Luca and Luca, you know, found a way through and played just a fantastic cross that Gilfie put away easy. I mean, it looked like he had no business getting the cross in much less putting it right on the six yard line for Gilfie. Who's, Making a really intelligent run there right down the middle of the box, basically a tap in. That's Luca Dean's sixth assist now in 12 games this season. The man just knows how to find players in the box with crosses. Yeah. I, and yeah. Should the keeper come out, out there? Is, like, should, like that was the, the only thing I said yeah. about was because it, it seemed like it was almost right inside the six, but maybe just hit it with enough velocity or just didn't expect it coming. Or maybe the keeper was looking at other players. I almost thought the man near post, I don't know which center back it was, but. 
the keeper probably expected him to, to make a play on it. He didn't. And then Gilfie's just in between the two, you know, edges of the six yard box and taps it in. Not great defending by Leeds, but it is a great play. And again, credit to Luca Dean for being able to create the tiniest of spaces and being able to squeeze the cross through there. Yeah. And then, then Leeds kind of, it was a little bit back and forth. Leeds had a, Leeds had a fantastic chance in the 20th off that corner. Uh, Rafinha sent the corner all the way across yep. on the other side. Nalioski left footed volley. Oh, it was fantastic. Right off the post. So volley. I mean, hit boy, if that would banger would have went in, it would have been one of those really like goal of the year type moments. It was a fantastic effort. Um, Yeah. I mean, Hey, you know, but, but I thought for the most part during that kind of sequence, I think right after that, we, we stepped up. I mean, uh, you know, a couple highlights, Ben Gottfried's crazy run where he goes flying with the ball. Mina had a semi one too later, but like yeah. Godfrey's was crazy. And then when you thought he lost the ball and you're thinking, okay, get your butt back. Nope. He went and recovered it right back, rolled right. it over, uh, right. sent it over to Wobi. Wobi had a decent cross that Dom maybe got a hair on it. You know, uh, that was kind of dangerous. And then, and then the through ball Alex played, that was a good seat. That was a good, about 15 minutes from Alex Wobi winning battles. He won that kind of deeper battle behind midfield, and then he played Dom through with the ball that I don't know how it got through, but it was really lovely. You know, you'd like to see Dom do a little better with that thing, but that that was a little bit of his game today, too. Yeah, just not his best day at the office, no question about it. But just a couple minutes later off the corner, Gilfie pings one near post. And, th- and I think this was completely orchestrated, completely planned. Uh, near post, Ben Godfrey flicks it on. Dom just running straight to the back post and couldn't have smashed a home much more emphatically than that. Uh, and it, it was a great finish, great, well-orchestrated play. Credit to Gilfie for putting it on a, on a dime for Godfrey. Perfect flick. And DCL doing what he does best, scoring from six inches out. It counts. Counts just like anything else, man. Um, yeah, I mean, and so after the first half, I think, obviously, we, could, we couldn't have been more happy with 2-0. Um, there were probably some moments we could have done a little better and created some better chances uh, off opportunities. But, hey, 2-0, you take it. Um, but I'll tell you what, we did not. And, and it was a great effort. Like, truly, you went into halftime thinking, yes. wow, the boys really responded from Newcastle. Um, they showed, like I said, moxie and edge to them. They they had effort. And then we came out in the second half, and what in God's green earth was that? Something about the 10-minute break, Ryan, and Everton, it's like it's a completely different match. As soon as we walk back out on the pitch, it's like we can't connect a pass. We can't retain possession. We just letting leads run riot in our third of the field, controlling the ball, creating chances. And of course they almost immediately score after the half with a questionable defensive sequence. Um, I don't want to point fingers, but who scored gave Mason Holgate the error probably needs to do better in that situation. But I think it's so close to his body. He can't really head it. It's like on his chest. He can't really effectively clear it. And so he tries to bring it down, but takes a bad touch, loses possession and Rafinha, it goes to Bamford. Bamford lays it off. Uh, Rafinha, a pretty soft shot too, I have to say, but well-placed and goes in the far post. And as soon as that happens, after the fact that we had been just getting dominated, it was like, here we go again. Yep. Here we go again. We're going to concede again. We're going to be level. And then all the momentum's gone and sky's falling and the fume begins and blah, blah, blah. blah. All, the, all the thoughts that you have because you support Everton and you've watched them before. And it was really scary. Yeah, I, I think, you know, other than that 57th minute, maybe Luke Ealing handball. I, I'm still a little yeah. confused by that. I, I We talked about this off the air. 
some people seemed very much an uproar about it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't don't I didn't see it in real time. Um, I, I don't know. Did you get a good enough look at that sucker? Did I people have a legitimate complainer? I saw it in real time, but didn't think too much of it because it, it didn't. It, I think he like heads it onto his upper, his forearm or his, his bicep. I didn't think much of it and it never really went to review and I kind of brushed it off. But looking at the stills, I mean, look, I know they're trying to be a little more lax on the strict enforcement of the handball rule because of the problems it's caused earlier this season. There needs to be consistent standards. I wasn't too upset about it. We were winning. Um, There's not going to be consistent standards, though. I and mean, we already know right. that they decided that they I didn't know. want to enforce the actual written word, but they right. didn't change the written word. So how can, I mean, what is the standard? I don't think anyone knows. Um, so that, that, that is a slight concern. Uh, but yeah, I think I felt the same way. We were just kind of getting put to the sword. So I didn't think too much of it. Yeah. And then there's that crazy sequence on as in the 61st. What the, I mean, that was, I don't know if the first shot was deflected or, or flicked on or why, cause it was kind of a tame shot in a tough position, of course, that Olsen struggled with. So he must have either, it must have been flicked on or read it, yeah. maybe, I don't know, but the whole sequence is crazy. I mean, three saves in the span of probably 15 seconds. And frankly, just the poise of Olsen to stay composed throughout the entire play. None, none of the saves by themselves were particularly spectacular or anything like that. He did have a couple in the first half that were really nice, but in that moment, just the ability to keep your head, keep your positioning, maintain the composure, cool, calm, collected. And I mean, I think most people would agree, like if Jordan Pickford's faced with that type of scenario, I, I'm not sure he comes up with all three. So it was a, a, just a great example of, of frankly, what a, what a good player we brought in in Robin Olsen and what a steady, calm presence he provides at the back. What an excellent loan, honestly, in many ways, you know, Truly. because I think no one here is concerned that Pickford went down. I, I really, there's no yeah. performance. I mean, if I mean, I were like excited. I mean, I personally think Colson's a better keeper, but 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 I mean, that's a masterstroke, you know. To look, we're not a perfectly fully formed team yet, and we do have some positions we know that we've had injuries in and really struggled with. But keeper's not one of them. Center back's not one of them. So there is some depth in some areas, but in particular, Olsen just, he inspires confidence, you know, and he's much he better does. on the ball than I remember him being. I, I, I'm a little surprised by that. He's pretty comfortable on it. You know I mean? He's not, he's not Edgerson or anything, but, but right. You but know, you know I, what I mean? I, sure. And I wanted to just highlight. So after that sequence, you know, we end up getting a goal kick. I believe in Olsen makes the true decision. Now I'll ask you, Ryan, I don't think he was hurt. I think he recognized that the moment ca called for a little bit of uh, let everyone take a breather, collect collect themselves and sort of go forward. And so he it looked like he brought the medical staff on to check out his wrist. Uh, Joe Virginia did start warming up, at which point I was like, oh, boy, here we go, because this could be a problem. But he takes a couple minutes, gets treatment and just sort of settles the whole team down. And I think truly from that point on, we were much more composed and that was really the, the probably leads last best chance to equalize throughout the rest of the match. You might be right. I mean, he's, he's a savvy guy. I mean, he's not, you know, he's been around. I mean, it's not like he's some, you know, young up and coming type keeper. I, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I mean, how dare you accuse Robin Olsen <laughs> of I mean, either way. I'm sure his wrist was in severe pain. In fact, the fact that he gutted it out, 
for the next 35 <laughs> minutes is a testament to him. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, the guy should get a medal for it. I mean, clearly we would never do anything like that. No one in an Everton jersey would ever. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, he certainly wasn't was taking his time with it. And why would yeah. you not? I mean, if anything, say you're a little bit hurt. Fine. Take, that is the moment to take our time with it. No question about it. And we did settle down a little. It was a little more back and forth, I think, from then yeah. for then on. I mean, it was nice to see. In fact, for Charleston, it was a wild shot. But it was really nice to see Richie running at ailing at one point. You know, he sent that kind of wild shot in the 65th. And um, and and then, I mean, their chances were a little more sporadic. Some were off set pieces from some dumb fouls. Uh, I tell you what, there was that looping header or looping cross to Banford in the 71st where he kind of headed it off the far post that, that went up in the way up in the air, almost went in and almost looked like it hit on the top of the, the cross. That yeah, was kind of yeah. not deserved, but I mean, that, that was kind of nerve wracking. And then I think the other big chance was in the 84th, they called that foul on Yeri, which I, I hate foul calls like that. He slides, the ball goes away from him. You know, he didn't slide in to prevent right. any sort of ability for the player to get to the ball. And Oliver whistles a foul. I don't think there was any contact to begin with. And even if there was, it was the player continuing to go straight to the touchline. Right. When the ball goes dead left and Yeri didn't touch him. If anything, he fell over Yeri's legs. I, I, I saw it several times. I didn't see any contact. It's a garbage call. Like to me, that is a really, you should know better. My guess is he didn't have the best view of it, but, right. but where's the guy? In, where's the line? I mean, no, I completely agree. Because there there may be contact, but Yeri's not the one who initiates it. Again, he slides and there's he just makes a meal of it. Like he just goes into Yeri, he's like, Oh, the man's on the ground. I'm just gonna basically like run my foot into his thigh and fall over and hope to get the call. And he did. And, and Oliver bailed him out because that's like that should be simulation, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, he slid kind of parallel to where the shooter would be. You know, it, it wasn't infringing on his. There was no threat of a penalty or anything. You know what I mean? I thought it was right. perfectly fine. Uh, the funniest part about that is, you know, the, on the on the free kick, that was kind of a dangerous play. But miraculously, after it rattles around a little bit, Decore comes up with the ball and just takes off. I mean, so yes. please explain to me how it is humanly possible for that guy to run all match and then all of a sudden win up. I mean, he was winning like 50 fifties. Like it was the first minute at that point. He just absolutely takes off on the break makes exactly the right pass. It just, I mean, it really deserved a goal. It was a lovely play. It was really good. I mean, that was probably what Dom's second or third chance where he needed to do better and probably score. Um, should have went around. I think the it was a little. Should have went around. I did think keeper. it was worth. Yeah, should have gone around. Should have touched around. Should have chipped it, it or chipped it. He tries yeah. to like kind of just place it or by him, and it's it's really a much easier save than it needed to be. I did want to point out just the substitutions. Um, in the 80th minute, Carlo elects to take off for Charleston, or Charleston did not seem pleased to to be coming off, and I understand that. But I did think the addition of Michael Keane on the back line made a difference. Uh, I thought he, he shored things up and, and looked very assured, just as comfortable as he had for the rest of the season and uh, helped us see the game out. And then seven minutes later, we had uh, Josh King make his debut. So I think the Michael Keane sub was interesting because at that point, Banford was playing almost as a false nine. And I think it made things difficult for us because Yerry now had to make some. Yerry was on Banford the whole match. And let's be honest, Banford may not be the most perfectly skilled striker in the world, but his movement is so intelligent. He really is smart about finding space. He's so clever. Um, and it makes and it's made him a, a good striker to to allow another kind of center back in there suddenly freed Yeri up to be a little more aggressive. And I, I, I think that was a nice counter move 
by Carlo and helped us combat that. Josh King coming in, he, he didn't look entirely fit. Uh, and I will say this when I watched him and we're going to get back to you on Toffee TV USA and get all into Josh King and all the deadline moves. Um, but I, when I watched him um, you know, a couple days ago playing for Bournemouth, he didn't quite look fully fit either. You know, and he hasn't played massive minutes this year and stuff. So maybe that was a little bit it. I no problem with the sub theoretically. It looked like Alex maybe wasn't a wasn't yeah. fully fit either. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he was probably subbed off. We think in the eight, it's 60th against Newcastle for fitness. So, um, but it was nice to see him get his debut, I suppose. And then um, interesting couple uh, yellow cards in the last couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. Mason Holgate, with, uh, one of the most obvious blatant yellow cards you'll see in all your time watching soccer. Poor decision, though. I mean, why is he going in so aggressively on that tackle to begin with to get beat? I, I don't understand right. that just to contain the ball. But, oh, yeah, hogtied him after that. I mean, my heavens. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was twofold error. He, sh- he should have just contained. He goes in and then he's beat and his man's in on goal and he just yanks his shirt, almost rips it in half. Uh, Hulk strength from Mason Holgate. But ultimately, you know, that, that gave them a chance from outside the box on a good free kick, but out and got the results. So not too much to be upset about. Uh, water under the bridge. Let's talk uh, player performances, Ryan, because we had some good ones today. I think we have we, we touched on it, but I, I think Robin Olsen deserves a mention off the top, uh, stepping in for Jordan Pickford and doing an, a really impressive job. Uh, just the amount, how much calmer I feel with Olsen in the back than I do with Pickford yeah. it speaks for itself, and I think a lot of the fan base would agree. And he had six saves today. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel much more comfortable with him back there. Uh, he was rock solid. There's no question. He just uh, seems kind of unflappable. And then Andre, I mean, I've got, hey, look, I've been very critical of Andre Gomes at times this year. Um, he was fantastic today. Um, his passing was absolutely spot on. Um, was not very expansive with his passing, but didn't need to be. His courage in in the dribble taking us through trans transition, which in the past has been a real strength, but we haven't seen as much of it this year was awesome. I mean, he wasn't dispossessed once he had four dribbles and I mean, he was an animal on it. You know, he, he is very clever at using his length. He's not quick using his length, using his arms and his strength to kind of separate from guys and he'll beat them clean. Sometimes he did that a bunch of times today and he was press resistant. That's the Andre Gomes. That is Mm. one of his values. You know, he's a big, strong guy. He holds people off. He uses his body well. And that was so helpful today. We saw that from a lot of people to especially him. And then a couple of our defenders, I thought were outstanding. I mean, Ben Godfrey, it's been said a lot, saw it a lot on Twitter, but the last of our summer signings and kind of almost an afterthought at times, the impact he's had on the team. And I said it on the, at the top of the show, Carlo can't afford to drop him right now because he's just playing so, so well in multiple positions and just the raw athleticism, the pace, the ability to chase men down compliments Yeri Mina extremely well. I thought it ends up with an assist with the flick. One thing I was really happy about today. And I, I, you know, you've heard me, I'm a little skeptical of Godfrey as a center back, just because I think he's a little raw. I mean, he's a young player. It's fine. And, and, you know, historically he's played some different positions as well, but in this type of match where it's about pace and speed and, and energy, and they don't have these massive bullies that are going to go over. Godfrey's a strong guy, but he's not tall and not necessarily aerially dominating but in a game where you know you're going to have to defend in space 
he's a good athlete. He allowed us to play a little bit higher at times and, and his aggressiveness and Yeri is a little better than Michael Keane. I think at playing higher as well, his aggressiveness at times being able to step in front of a pass made things hard for them. And look, look, let's be honest. I mean, Rafinha is a nasty player, man. He is dangerous as heck and have him, his athleticism, Luca Dean, who deserves a bit of a mention as well too, on that side as well to help cover for Andre was was valuable and Richarlison tracking back too. I mean, it just gave you three very good athletes out there um, to combat with their natural athleticism because they've got some guys that are very fit that can move and run. And um, I, I thought I thought he was outstanding today, no question. Uh, and Yeri Mina, his partner, I mean, what I mean, what can you say? The guy, he his form the last two months has been like a really high level, like. Yeah. world-class almost i mean dominant in the air I, I just cannot get over sometimes how good his feet are um i would love to know his carrying distance you know i, I don't have that stat up yeah. yet he really carried the ball forward several times because they give that to you and kept the ball when he did it um he just has so much courage especially in the air i mean how many clearances did he have did i see that right 11 clearances ryan i mean he he had ended up with five fouls but a couple bad calls, as we said, that late one, and then some were tactical and, and smart. But yeah, his carry distance, the ability with the ball at his feet, um, one five aerials, dominated Patrick Bamford, gave him very little. As you said, it just continues a run of incredible form. Um, who'd have thought going into this season? I think there were a lot of question marks about our back line in general, and they have all responded really well. And Carlo's done a tremendous job of getting the best out of each and every person yeah i think you quoted matt cheatham here on our doc yuri mina made more headed clearances versus leads than any everton players had in a pl game for three years says it all it does it dominant does. in the air and dominant I, in the air yeah, and i think in our unquestionably good again i mean he's a mainstay we might as well just keep him in here all the time is armand decore i mean I, i'm convinced like right now right now Maybe they're getting on a bus. I know. No, it's not that far away. I, I'm not convinced that he's like, you know what? I'm just going to run home. You know, no problem. <laughs> I mean, he's probably still running around on the bus. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, he's not a small guy, too. He just he's just amazing. I just his fitness is incredible. But his effectiveness, I think sometimes he's so fit and so all over the place. You kind of don't think of him as as kind of a bit of a playmaker but he, he offers some of that too i mean the, the composure in the pass to dom in the 84th was fantastic two key passes two aerials his passing under pressure was great 82.6 percent second most touches two dribbles he was only dispossessed once three for four in long balls one for four in through balls that's some of his bread and butter a tackle two interceptions i just felt like every 50 50 ball no matter if it was in the 95th minute or the first minute if it was him and someone else i mean he was gonna get the ball it, it was he, what a signing. That's all I'll say. What an absolute signing. What I love about Decore is not only does he give you a little bit of everything as a midfielder, that's what you want, but he seems so at home and comfortable no matter where he is on the pitch. He can be in the attacking third, out wide, and centrally, even defending as far back as like in the box on our end, jumping and anticipating passes. Probably our most well-rounded player if I had to pick a guy to do absolutely everything on the pitch he's the man he's like a swiss army knife for 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 football players just can't i mean we 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 heaped praise on him a lot but in a game no matter what the style of play he's playing against he's effective he doesn't really seem to have a lot of weaknesses and that is a testament to just his, his work rate and 
love the guy. What a signing, as you said. Yeah. I, and I think, I think that's kind of like the top tier today for sure. Um, we had some mixed yeah. performances that I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious what you think. So Richarlison was kind of the first one, never fault his effort, two dribbles. He was fouled three times and those were important. Uh, it really, you know, as much as he gave the ball away against Newcastle, obviously you'd think Leeds would put more pressure on him and they tried to not really dispossessed twice. He only had really one bad touch. I mean, considering how often he was boxing out defenders and then obviously right. the defensive effort, two interceptions, three clearances had Don maybe fed him the ball that one time when Carlo lost his, that I have not crazy. seen him get that mad in a long time. I mean, it's hard. You know, I, I think he played all right. I do. I mean, I felt like I was seeing I a little more signs of, of the usual, the usual Richarlison. Yeah. And as, as we said in the timeline, like the, his ability to create his own shot has been one of his, his strongest attributes. And we saw, finally saw a little bit of that returning. I think he's been not trying too hard, but maybe trying to do the things he can typically do he typically does well and just not being successful with them. Saw glimpses of that today. And as you said, never can fault his work rate. I mean, he works so hard off the ball in, in a press resistant team, similar to Andre Gomez. He provided a lot of that relief from the press by holding the ball up, uh, turned ailing a couple times, uh, turned Calvin Phillips a couple times. And I just think it's a matter of time before he gets back to his usual self. I think so too. And, and look, I mean, they, they, you know, Leeds had a balanced attack, but technically they were 39% on the right side. So, and, and, you know, his partner in crime defensively on that side, Luca Dean, the same type of thing. I mean, the cross is amazing. There's a fantastic assist, four tackles, two interceptions. That's not nothing. Four clearances, four aerials. I mean, he had what, eight tackles against Newcastle. So he's putting in the shift defensively. Now, look, he, he, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he was only possessed once, two bad touches, his pass percentage wasn't particularly high because partially he was passing it out of bounds, but you know, he's a threat no matter what. I don't know. I, I thought, I thought he was pretty solid. The oppor- the few opportunities he did have to serve the ball, they were spot on. Yeah. And as we, we talked about in the Newcastle match, what was he like over eight on crosses and he was two for three today? Look, it's, he's just not a guy that's going to do that very often. He had a stinker against Newcastle back to his usual self. Um, making better decisions. I, I really, that's more of what yeah. it is. You know, you don't, I don't want to see him serve nine, nine balls like that, unless he's getting to the touchline. And a couple of times he did get deep and recycled it bad out, you know, and we needed some moments of possession. I, I thought he played, he played pretty well. So, I mean, he, and look, you short up the left side. There's no question about it. what about the right side? That's the question. Yeah. Let's talk your boy, Alex. It Ryan. You got the shirt on. Um, <laughs> that's right. I do. Certainly people listening can't see, but the keep calm and let Alex will handle it. Shirt. Uh, <laughs> You know, I agree with what you have in the doc here. Strange game for Alex Wobie because early on he was getting the ball out wide and he looked like he was going to be aggressive with taking guys on and, yeah. and wiggling his way into space and beating men off the ball. But it just seemed like he kind of dropped the level over the course of the 90 minutes to the point where he had a few, six bad touches. He didn't lose the ball. But he didn't also do a whole lot creatively. He had a couple crosses that were okay. Um, I wouldn't say he had a bad game, but he was just mediocre for me today. I think there were a couple times where he got him. This is where stats are a little tough because sometimes he got the ball, turned someone, advanced the ball, and found space in relatively dangerous areas. Well, now it's not his fault if nobody's moving. And it is his fault if he tries to make a play but doesn't, doesn't pull it off. You know what I mean? 
And he did provide some of what we haven't seen too much of him boxing players out and possessing the ball with his back to the goal and, and was a release valve at times on the right side. You could tell the sequencing between him and Mason it almost looked like design passing for Mason to make that wide run a couple times, you know, Alex kind of served Mason the ball and played him through and he just didn't do much with it. I, yeah. I you know, I, I don't know, um, but he did put in a shift defensively and I think it's reason to say that he wasn't, entirely fit i i thought he was fine you know i i just thought that maybe the numbers didn't necessarily show as much of output but he did he did give some passes away and stuff like that so i i put him in the okay bucket i mean look he had a dribble he got fouled three times he had yeah. a great pass the dom you know in some of those moments he showed some quality uh and i think well let's talk about dom before we get to mason because i i think we both kind of agreed that mason didn't play the best game I, I don't know dom is hard to judge because he just missed some opportunities and for me he made bad decisions all over the pitch tonight i, I think it was a little bit of anomaly i mean he i don't think he's naturally that bad a decision maker um boy carlo did get mad at him i mean he won eight aerials you know yeah um, look he, he four shots on target two dribbles didn't get dispossessed too much. I mean, he put in a defensive shift, but like, God, he should have scored more, right? I mean, he could have put the game away yeah, a couple yeah, times. Yeah. I just, he did score. I mean, he was Johnny on the spot on that one. I mean, he could have had a hat trick. He could have had a lot more than that. What's kind of sums it up for me was early on in the match. He was receiving it, I think on the right-hand flank and he had beat his man, but he takes a touch back towards our goal instead of taking it through. And he was in, and it just sums up kind of just like the, the mediocre decision-making lacked awareness today. Maybe that was, it. yeah, he, I, yeah, I, yeah. maybe he's Maybe the injury mattered, you know, maybe he lost some rhythm or, cause I felt like he's not been quite the same. He just, I'll tell you what though, you saw some of the bursts of him and the one play where he probably should have crossed it back across his body or took some time with it. I remember he had it pretty late. Uh, he turned on the jets at about the eighteen. His acceleration was phenomenal. He had that shot at the top of the box too, that he hit pretty like scuffed it into the ground. It was kind of weak. Look, he had five shots. So and four on targets. So it's, it's hard to be too critical of him. He finally got some service. He just could have done a little bit more. Um, and I think that's all you can really say, but I think Holgate's um, the other one too, because you look at it and you're like, yeah. well, he had five tackles, you know, I mean, his, his passing wasn't great. I mean, he was out there. I mean, he made it, tough for them to tack on the right but god i just thought he you know he made some rash decisions he, he a couple times when alex had the ball he was just a little slow on it or a little indecisive and maybe it's because he hadn't played I, I i don't know what you think about that i i don't think he had i felt like too many times he gave up space or got beat or got passed by but I, that's may have just been an impression because i it just reminded me a little bit of the reckless mason that we used to see yeah, I thought his positioning, especially in the last 30 or so minutes, was a little suspect. Uh, there were a couple times when, when he and Awobi seemed a little out of sync, but for the most part on offense, they were good. The passing wasn't great. He just doesn't look that comfortable out wide when he's in possession, and he didn't offer a whole lot going forward. I mean, he linked up okay with Awobi, but when it came time for him to kind of take the burden and make something happen, offered very little. Now we're going to go back and forth between Seamus Coleman and Mason Holgate presumably for the rest of the season. I still think Mason Holgate is probably the better overall choice, but just for the physicality he provides and, and Coleman doesn't give us that much going forward. Again, I, I wouldn't say Holgate was bad, but that foul late. And then I guess he, he should have done better on the, the goal. So um, I would say he was one of our, our weaker performers, Yeah, uh, uh, but, but the worst of the worst, Ryan, the oh, worst of the worst today. Yeah. The new leads pitch. 
Good God. It, and it was funny because the announcers mentioned it like four or five times at the start of the match. And I was like, all right, we get it. They have a new pitch. And apparently it's the one that they, they supposedly bought Spurs. This new Spurs stadium has like a pitch underneath the pitch. They supposedly bought that off of Spurs and brought it to their stadium. I wonder what that truck looked like bringing that down the, <laughs> down the uh, whatever the highway. Roll it up, bring it down, up the M whatever. Yeah. But my God, it was from the first minute to the last it was slip 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 slippity slip 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 like we had a couple chances too that i thought were almost taken yeah. away now that would be would you just be everton bias but it was awful i mean it was legitimate it reminded me so much of the pittsburgh steelers mud bowl versus miami <laughs> where like no one could where they in Hinesfield they put in a new pitch and then they had the high school yeah. kids play their western pennsylvania championship and then pit football played and then on monday night football big monday night game woohoo against the dolphins i mean you had punts go up in the air and just right in the ground and no one could keep their stuff. I kept thinking, I'm like, and I felt like some guys were wearing some different shoes too. I felt like Dean yeah. and Decorey wearing kind of black studs. I hadn't seen those before. And I'm like, I wonder if that's for it. Are these like ski pluggers or something like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was crazy. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into some of the comments. I think we have some good feedback too, that I love going through. Um, first one, DC toffee brethren, the DC toffees. Woo. Looking forward to hanging yeah, out with uh, those guys, man. Seriously, I'm, I miss it, man. Uh, the Evertonian Jekyll thankfully made the trip to Ellen Road. Hopefully he sticks around for the match against United. Yes, that would be nice. I think that might be in reference to Gomez, but I can't. It might be in reference to the whole team. <laughs> I mean, the second half and first half were a little bit different. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, look at the the. the the history speaks for itself. I mean, we've won there in like one away match in 37 years, man. I'm happy to see it. You know, just, uh, this is a really big win. You know, you can't deny it. And just to see it out, see it through, you know, just showed character. Um, absolutely. Yep. And then we got at Daniel McArdle giant exhale. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Right. Um, I love watching leads as a neutral. I loathe watching leads as a toffee. So glad that's over and we don't have to play them again this season. Huge three points here, here. I mean, it's always exciting. It's a, the, the, Is that what you call you know, it? Nerve wracking. Heart attack. Yeah. Terrifying, maybe. Uh, but it's always, I guess, interesting might be a better word. Not going to be like a dull, dull 90 minutes when leads are on the pitch, but it was a good match. Uh, Tim, it was good. Tim underscore bridal. Five points. One, the awful pitch made a matchup already on crack turn into something <laughs> more like acid. <laughs> <laughs> taking it up a notch baby we're getting into psychedelics oh he said imagine if guilty finished like that versus burnley true yeah right uh, thank god dom scored so we can stop hearing about a drought agreed good to see dom back on the score sheet but hopefully he can uh turn it into a run and we don't have to uh talk about the lack of scoring from dcl four we can never have a nice relaxing win uh yeah that's yeah better. yeah yep. it's never easy that. but hey. everything that if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it, as they say. And then five, fittingly, five minutes of stoppage time, Ryan, at the end. What is with when we're up one goal? Refs just decide to give the opposition as much time as humanly possible to equalize. Blame Robin Olsen. You know, it was that r- vicious wrist in- in- injury. <laughs> he was in so much pain. We had to stop. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed it seemed a little bit more, more than, than was necessary. Everton Tweeter at Tweeter Everton. With the exceptions of a few moments, their goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was bad for us. <laughs> a goal and all. Yeah. It was a very pleasing display against a very attacking side away from home. We were clinical. Eh. And in some moments, impressive in possession. Gomes needs a whole pod episode on that performance. Bravo, Andre. Played great. 
Yeah, we're not going to do a whole episode, but hopefully we give no, enough praise in this episode uh, to, to satisfy you. Uh, we then had at EJT816. That's Emily. Stressful. Agreed. Glad Don scored, even though he didn't play particularly well. Fair. Always hopeful to have Gilfie on form. Hate to be this guy, but I don't think we win that game with Pickford between the Ooh, posts. There, Emily Shots bringing fired. out the <laughs> ammo. <laughs> Take that. I think she's probably, I, I think we make it a draw, but truly, I think that three shot sequence, I think Pickford lets one of those in. I think he loses concentration. And I think he, so I, I do agree with Emily. It was a and common goes, belief. I mean, clearly some yes. others thought that friend of the show at Brody and MD, Alan Brody said an assured performance by Olsen. Anyone think we get three points with Pickford? Ugh. Nope. I didn't think so. And uh, Alan, that is entirely a fair point. We had uh, at wash tub, Alex Washburn, nothing more stressful than watching the last 10 minutes of an Everton match. When we're up, it is up one goal. There's nothing like it. You just, things teeter on a knife's edge. Uh, and then lastly, we had at speed for three, easy, game on Peacock equals win, game on TV equals no win. Check the data. I think we've won every, check it. I think we've won every game that's been midweek this year. Interesting. I we think, so. maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm almost positive that, that I think that might be right. Um, But anyway, yeah, they I mean, just like to ruin our weekend, Ryan. They don't they don't care about the week. <laughs> yeah, easy win though. I mean, come on, man. That was I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> you know what though, honestly, look, the one thing you got to give credit to Leeds for, if you're going to beat Leeds, you, you have to earn it, you know? You're not yeah. going to come there meekly and pass the ball around a little bit. I mean, it's it's not it's not it's not going to work that way. So, and it's not um, a team you, they're not a team you can you know, Nick won goal and sit back and play one nil. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Everton. Leeds have won all three of their midweek Premier League games this season, uh, um, okay. scoring 12 goals and conceding three. I, I, I'm sorry I misspoke that, but but that 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 matters. I mean, for a side that plays that way um, and plays that hard and that active, that that speaks volumes. I mean, that was a that's a big win for us, honestly, especially coming off the Newcastle loss. And and yeah, we right. earn it. you got to earn it. Um, and, and we did last thoughts before we go man of the match. Yeah. I mean, if we had let Newcastle and Leeds do the double over us, I think that would have been a problem as it stands, just Newcastle. And again, just correcting course, getting back on track, back to the winning ways, huge match against United at the weekend, hopefully turn things around. But before that, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Ryan, man of the match for you today. Oh, it's so hard. It's a tough one. You got some good candidates. Robin Olson, uh, because I think ah, in those okay. key, I think I, look, I think Decore is close there too, and so is Mina. But I feel like in those key moments, he came up big, and he was a difference maker. I guess you could argue that Rafinha's goal was not. I mean, it was well placed, so I, I don't know how many people are going to stop it. I, I'm, I'm maybe they would, but there were those really key moments where he needed to step up, and he did, and, and it was a calming force, and I think it supported the whole back line just on those set pieces when we were making bad fouls. I mean, I just just wasn't as nervous. Maybe it was just a feeling I have, but I, it'd be hard to argue with Decore or Mina. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to deviate a little bit. I'm I'm going to say Andre Gomez. Oh, um, unexpe- I mean, look, you can make a case yeah. for a lot of people, today, but I just think on, on the basis of the improvement that he showed his ability to kind of knit the entire midfield together and, and help us look more cohesive in there. 
the leading, I think he led the team in passing, uh, only missed two passes all afternoon. Four dribbles. The ability to the ability to carry the ball through the Leeds midfield, I think, was super key and retain possession. Um, I think without him in there, with like a Tom Davies in there today, I don't think we have nearly as much success. And so uh, I'm going to give it to Gomez. I like the guy. I want him to be successful. We've been very critical of him, and and I think fairly so in the past, but. Great game today, and I was I was really happy to see him. Uh, a little bit of the Andre of old. That's a good call. Uh, you know, against a team that presses like this, especially when they play some tight man work, you've got to beat your guy, whether it's off the ball or with the ball, and he did cleanly several times to spring the attack. He was a difference maker today. I can't argue that. That's a good call, James, and he deserves all the credit in the world. So please, Andre, don't go back to the lack of positional awareness defensive player and the guy that can't do anything in the final third, although – he has had a couple of assists recently. So maybe we're seeing the Andre of old. It would, be, it. it would be welcome. I mean, we could definitely use him uh, should he slot in the starting lineup. When Allen comes back, no. But, hey, Agreed. It, hey, kudos to him, though. He was a difference maker today. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to kind of wrap things up. Now, if you want to hear more from us, we are about to, as soon as we finish recording, hop over and record a Toffee TV USA episode to kind of do a full recap of what was a wild and eventful transfer deadline day, at least in terms of outgoings and then some incoming news as well as, as you all know, uh, looking into how successful will these guys be on loan? What are they, what are, wh- where are they going? What's their uh, opportunity? And then we'll, we'll talk probably a fair bit about Josh King. So I'm not sure if it will be live on YouTube by the time this episode is up, probably not, but sometime before probably the end of the day, Thursday, you can expect that uh, if you want to check our feeds and everything, Otherwise, if you want to follow all of our social medias, join our Discord, et cetera, et cetera, you can find uh, all of those links at the centralized link, linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice if you would. We appreciate it. And otherwise, until next time, up the toffees. Slip, 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 slippity, slip, slip, slip.